What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle Hawaii Cough. Hey, behaves. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, are th- like how many more game-winning kicks can the Bears miss? I, I, who would have thought that Matty Ice could have led that drive guy and the Cowboys? Oh, the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys. Extension? I mean, who said it on the last podcast? Time time for Jason Garrett to get an extension. I mean, you know, between my beach trips and my golf game, to watch these games all day mm. on Thanksgiving, it was just, it's a pleasure to be with you here on this Friday. Yeah, we are thankful for you all on the anniversary of the day that Middlecoff texted me and told me that Tiger Woods was uh, in a car accident. Never forget it. People thought he was uh, dead. Maybe that I yeah I don't know I just remember what was ha- it was Friday morning and I was in the car and you texted me this is back when texting was you couldn't voice to text you know no there were no ads that said don't read your text while you're driving well we didn't know either that she had taken a nine iron to his face that's right so he was uh, he had the combination going right of alcohol because he was with the boys playing some cards came home a couple Ambien go night night and then he wakes up. I'm pretty sure she woke him up. Details are a little murky in my head right now with the nine iron to the face after she read some of the text. You know what? Is this <clears throat> this is the ten year anniversary? Was it 09? Well, I mean, technically it was November twenty seventh, which gotcha. is Wednesday. Was Wednesday. But I always just think of it as the Friday after Thanksgiving. But it doesn't it feel like longer than two thousand nine? Would he have been justified to press charges or probably not. You just, even though you get the nine iron to the face, which can't yeah, you gotta li- You got to li- literally wear that one. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. Flew immediately to Arizona to get a surgery done the next day. Uh, all right, this podcast is, was not recorded on Thursday. We, As of the recording of this podcast, we can only predict what happens in the Thanksgiving games. Middlecoff's in Hawaii, so who knows what that meal situation's like. He probably ate a whole pig yesterday. Uh, Thursday, I, kill, I killed the pig guy, potentially. Wow. With my own bare hands. Errant, errant tee shot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Potentially, yes. Potentially. So, uh, but we got content for you. Nonetheless, you, we, I know how it is. I'm on the road right now. It's a Friday. Not a lot of yacht here with me. Where you Hopefully, at? those of you that are, I'm going from Fresno to Davis right now on this oh. Friday. Oh, yep. Fire down Double the 99. Going north on 99. Probably hit in and out if it's open. Uh, what's your order? Not not sure what time. Boy, you want to hear my most recent take, which you're going to be like, yeah, duh. And most people listening or In-N-Out people are going to be, yeah, duh. But here's my In-N-Out, my recent In-N-Out revelation, John. Because there's a lot of the In-N-Out versus Whataburger, In-N-Out versus other burger places, right? Shake Shack or whatever. And, like, you know how when you argue about an athlete, you argue, you say, like, but what about so-and-so? In their prime, like it's not Jordan. You just say Jordan. You have to say in his prime. But some guys are like, yeah, but in his prime, like last pod, you're like, but Revis in his prime. Yeah. To me, the in and out argument 
should always center around the double-double because the double-double has twice as much meat, twice as much cheese, but is more than twice as good as the single patty. Agreed. It's, 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 it's much better. It's not two times better. It, maybe it's four times better. It's no less than four times better than the single patty. Like, the single patty is in and outs second best pitch, but the double-double is the best pitch in baseball. Agreed. We're on the same page here. Yeah. So, but that's a recent. I don't get a lot of double doubles. My last time in and out a week ago, I got a double double, and I was like, "This is this is so much better." You know what my order is now? Double healthy, double he- single. Healthy, no healthy John. I get two double doubles, protein style. So you get four patties. Yeah, but I don't get any. I don't get any bread. So Special get, sauce or no? I just get two double doubles, protein style with grilled onions and a fry. And then I get home, and I put it on a plate, and I douse yeah. it with ketchup, and I just eat it kind of like a salad, meats, fries. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I, good. And, and I, and I feel like I don't, like, bloated or fat or anything with it. I feel healthy. And it's fantastic. Because I can order more that way. Yeah. Without the carbs. But you get the special sauce. I have a... T- oh, yeah. You, you, you get it on the, on the uh, lettuce. Mm-hmm. I, I do... I've occasionally, if I'm really, really hungry... Get two double doubles protein style grilled onions and two fries. Just so oh. one one of the fries. Yeah, good thing you didn't home. get the bread. Yeah, but I. <laughs> but you're eating the fries when you get the double double. So, absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I, two fries. People hate on the but fries. The, I like the fries. I am with you. That's why I get two because I like them so much. They're good. This podcast coming after the biggest food day of the year, but it doesn't matter to us. No, Every day's a new day. Yes. What happened yesterday's in the past. You got to look one. forward to the next meal. Yep. I hope you went to 808 Delhi in Kihei, by the way. Try to get uh, one and oh every day, guy. You got to get the pudding. It's got stuff in it. It's really good. 808 Delhi, Kihei. Uh, all right, this podcast brought to you by Untuck It. You might be thinking, I ate a lot yesterday. I wish I had an untucked shirt that looked good for my Friday night out. You know, you're back home. Maybe your high school friends are meeting up at Senior Froggies or whatever's oh. going on, and you're like, Mom, Dad, I'm heading out for the night. Where are you going? Oh, I'm just going to go meet up with AJ. But really, you're going downtown, and hopefully you'll run into somebody. Uh, this is my town, tonight. bitches. I'm back. Here's a tip. Don't do it. But whatever. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can look you good doing look, it, guy. Untuckit.com, promo code ham, man. Untuckit.com, promo code ham. I've been wearing them. You've been wearing them. We've purchased a bunch. They sent us some. Untuckit.com, promo code ham. Dress shirts. The best part about a nice dress shirt, right, is you can wear it literally untucked, but it doesn't hang down to your knees. Collared shirts. I got one that I wore yesterday, Thanksgiving dinner, with the family. A nice red one. And uh, they're sweet. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. So many options. They actually have a store on Union Street. If you live in the Bay Area, go check out Haberman's Pad. Give them a text or DM. And uh, Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. Guys, it's, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. 50 fit combinations. It's all right there. You look good. Untuckit.com. You really uh, podcast do. also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code ham in the numeral one. Hopefully you all did the freebie. Yep. Right? The bet that you couldn't. It was risk-free. Couldn't lose. 250. Couldn't lose. Could we both not bet lose, the Bears. Guy. And wow, what a rush that was. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but uh, moving forward this weekend... Go ahead. Big games. Yeah, ton of games. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM in the number one. Promo code HAM in the number one. You can, uh, they'll give you a bonus up to 50%. So if you put in $200, they'll give you $100. But you have to bet that $100. You can't just withdraw, make a dollar bet, and then withdraw and get a free 100 bucks. So you can decline the bonus, but use the promo code HAM1 to let them know we sent you. Ton of good games this weekend, guy. We got... You know, uh, there's actually some terrible games, too. But the 49ers, as of recording this, is a four-point underdog. Uh, Titans at the Colts. I already kind of like this number. The Titans are getting two-and-a-half points on the Colts. They're playing. They were four-and-one since Tannehill showed up. Derrick Henry running like a, you know, a deer all over everybody. Raiders plus 10 uh, on the road against the Chiefs. Kind of like Chiefs Damn. minus 10. That's a big line. And uh, what was the other game that I kind of like? Oh, the Patriots-Houston Texans Sunday night game. In Houston, uh, Texans plus three, so they're basically a six-point underdog. And then the game we'll get into a little later, Michigan, nine-point underdog at home against Ohio State. Taking? 
I listen, like Ohio I, State. Yeah, I do too. I do too. What about Wazoo at Washington six and a half? I got a weird feeling about this one, but that's what I say every year. And it got weird last year, them. and it was close. Yeah, in the, sorry, snow. in the snow. Yeah. So you got some good games. MyBookie.ag. I don't. Promo code th- Hamlin. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I don't. I. I. I don't not like. I. My gut is Wazoo, but I, I think they've the lost Washington several in a row. Quarterback, not as a human, as a player. He's my least type favorite quarterbacks. Slow footed, bad decision maker, doesn't make many plays. But looks the part, and he's still riding this five-star. Wouldn't you be shocked if Jacob Eason's the co- the quarterback for Washington next year? Someone's going to have to beat him out. How do they keep rolling him out? Well, he's got to get beat out. I mean, don't they have you see all the time players? in college? Everyone's got four-star guy, five-star guys, but then someone's got to win the job. Yeah. I, I think Pete's going to have to make a change this offseason. And uh, Bama at Auburn, four and a half for Auburn. Feels like Bama kills him. Mac like uh, Mac Cro- Mac Mac Crosby. What's the guy's name? Mac uh, Dugan. Who? Paul Feinbaum, Alabama's quarterback. Oh, I I have no. Is that his name? The backup? It's Mac. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking uh, like Jim McElwain's coaching there again. Mac uh, Jones. I, I know nothing about their backup quarterback. Besides, it's a sweet job. I mean, you're like, oh, I get to be the Alabama starting quarterback against Auburn. Sweet. Wait, why is Saban looking at me? What happened? He's gonna Why does Saban your, know my he's name? He's going to be in your ass, Mac. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, all right, so this podcast is uh, earlier in the week. We're, we are going to do something at the end of the pod we have not done before, but it's good timing. It was Middlecoff's idea, and didn't really have to do much convincing because the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. We're going to play, at the end of this podcast, our interview with George Kittle from the offseason. And... Uh, I think what's fun about it is we talked about we talked about all the things that we still talk about with him, right? We talked about Jimmy, we talked about Kyle, we talked about Richard Sherman, like all of the important storylines we talked about with why George he Kittle. fell, why he fell in the draft, and he talked wasn't even him. shocked. He understood it, like he wasn't a big yeah. chip on his shoulder guy about it. He he was like, it made sense that looking back, because like Rogers again, we talked about it earlier in the week. On, on the Monday pod about how Rodgers, like, Jesus, get over it. You were past fucking went in the first round. Some guys, just that's just their kind of M.O., Draymond's. That is not George Kittle, like, is not going to be talking about everyone passing him in the fifth round forever, right? Which I kind of enjoy. I, I can't have everyone chip on your shoulder. It's exhausting. Yeah, but he still play. He plays as if there's a chip on his shoulder, but I think maybe there is, maybe there's not. I think he plays with a lot of it's joy. Just, yeah, well, yeah, he just plays his ass off. He loves it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that, that interview is from June. But, I mean, we're talking about one of the stars, one of the biggest stars in the NFL. This was an in-person interview at Levi Stadium, if you're new to the podcast, or even if you're not. So we'll bring that back. It's about an 18-minute interview. Not we'll a bad get by, uh, by Haberman Milkoff, huh? No, pretty good, I would say. Pretty, pretty good. All right, uh, but before we get there, let's talk about the games this weekend. Uh, and I think, obviously, the headline game, you'll be watching this from Dukes or uh, Roy's. Or uh, monkey Do they pod. open early? You think on Sunday morning for NFL football? They got to. Yeah. I wouldn't go to Roy's though. Overrated. But uh, is that a sports bar? Dukes is on Honolulu. No, not really. It's actually a nice restaurant. Dukes is a famous sports bar, but I don't think there's one in Wailea. But I'm sure you could find something. There's a barbecue place. I think I didn't go, but um, you won't no, have an issue. It's all in walking distance. Or you got to drive around. Stream it from the beach. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you might. Monkey Pot is not far, I don't think, from where you're going to be. Now, I don't know how early they open, but really good banana cream pie. Uh, but the point is, Niners Ravens. That is an 8 a.m. Hawaii time kickoff on Sunday. Well, the Ravens are either 8 and 3 or 9 and 2 at this moment. <laughs> and <laughs> they looked on Monday night. Regardless, is Peter King and his Middlecoff had an early Tuesday flight. If you uh, haven't listened to the last two podcasts, <laughs> and is uh, in he was at the Niner game on Sunday night, and he talked to Kyle after. And one thing he asked Kyle, like, "What are you going to be doing Monday night?" He's like, "Of course, we're going to be watching the Ravens game." And he's like, "You know, this is the type of player that keeps you up all night." And you would say the the two players that have given the Niners trouble this year, from a quarterback standpoint, I mean, they punked Rodgers have been two running quarterbacks. Kyler was just – Richard kind of went off after the game saying that, you know, after the second time they played him, and I think he was taking a shot at pro football talk, 
who wrote an article like Kyler exposed the Niners defense when the story really was he threw for like 125 yards. It was him. It looked apart though. And like running guys are just hard because the one thing you'd say about their defensive line is they are coming full speed. You know, like when you watch Belichick's teams and they're playing a running quarterback, they kind of creep up. Like they don't just come off the edge full speed. They're actually kind of contained. Like he's very methodical about the Niners is just all gas, no brakes, fucking let it rip. Well, when you're playing Lamar, Kyler, and even Russell, all all gas, no brakes, like, eh, I'd keep my foot on the brake a little bit because because <laughs> that other guy can start and stop really fast. So you got to approach this guy a little bit differently because he can 360, he can fly. Uh, when you only rush four and you're dropping seven, well, if they if they are running intermediate to deep routes – He's going to have 10 yards to get first downs. That's where I think it's it's just hard to change you change your whole style for him. That's where if you are going to be compared to Belichick, yeah, Belichick would. So you got to be Well, Belichick be played him this year and got roasted. He did, but would you would you imagine he get roasted twice? No, but this is the first time you're playing him. But I'm saying I think you can watch that game. Yeah. And just kind of yeah. use things that he didn't use to his benefit to your benefit. Let's do a little exercise here, John, since we don't know the result of the Rams-Ravens game. Well, so can it Ravens keep our fingers crossed he doesn't get hurt? Ravens are 9-2 and two or 8-3. and three. I, think, I think they win the game, but anyway. Let's just go through the four ways that game could go, right? Ravens win big, Ravens win close, Ravens lose close, Ravens lose big. How will those four scenarios affect the line for Niners-Ravens on Sunday? So let's predict the line in all four of those cases. Right now, what I'm seeing is Ravens minus four. I got I got four and a half. I think it's gone between four okay. and four and a half. So Ravens win big against the Rams. Maybe what gets is up the to five. Maybe gets up to five. You don't think it would get to like six, five and a half? No, I mean, the Niners are ten and one. All right. So no more than if it's four and a half, five, but it won't get to five and a half. Ravens win close. Probably nothing. just stays where it is. No injuries. Nothing changes. Ravens lose close. No injuries. Nothing changes. Does it change? No. So eight, eight and three, they would be a four, four and a half point home favorite against the ten and one Niners. Which to me seems a little crazy because they're coming off a short week and it's a different side of the country. Yeah, I, like to me, I'm okay with the being favored. Being favored by four and a half points seems like a little much. But I think it's pretty good value on the Niners plus four and a half. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Ravens get blown out somehow. It looks like the Niner Packer game. I think people would start hammering the four and a half, right? Get that bad boy to like three. But it would never get to the point where the Niners are favored, would it? No, that's a that's a huge swing. To me, the only so, way that changes with Lamar would need to get hurt. Right. My question: so They're going to be the underdog Sunday. Yeah, yeah, the Niners. Yeah. Which kind of feels like the Niners win this game. But we, as we talked about, that if the Niners were going to go two and three on this stretch, the games you'd want to win were the Packers and the Saints. Like this isn't necessarily a quote unquote must win, or really changes their fortunes that much. Now, the elephant in the room on this game is going to be what happens Monday night with Minnesota hosting C- or Seattle hosting Minnesota. Because, like, if the Niners lose this game, which you're right, the spread, to me, this game should be around three. Like, what? The Niners beat the shit out of everyone. So have the Ravens. Like, two good teams should just be basically the coin flip, which the home team gets three points. Where do you get the I do think wh- I agree. I do think I get the one counter be like, if you beat the shit out of the Patriots, you're just going to get a yeah, little extra. That, that, okay, I, I could dig that. I would say if the Niners lose this game and Seattle loses to Minnesota, it really doesn't matter, guy. But if you lose this game and Seattle wins that game, then all of a sudden it's like, shit. <laughs> you know, Think of the pressure the following week on the Saints game. There's going to be a potentially huge pendulum swing just this week. Despite... I. And I've been thinking about this all week now, if you're listening to us on Friday. Classic, just the last 12 hours because we're recording this on Monday. Is the Niners haven't really gained much since the lot? Like, nothing's really changed with losing Seattle despite being 10 and 1. I don't remember a 10 and 1 team feeling so much heat on them. Like, you got no room for error. You know, sometimes you see a guy that goes super low the first couple of days at a tournament, especially a big tournament. Kepka's done it a couple times. You're like, God, he's got a seven-shot lead heading into Saturday. You're like, you can not take a deep breath, but you can approach shit a little differently. When you've just got a one-shot lead going into Sunday, it's like, well, fuck. You're basically, it's all up in the air. 
But when you got like a five-shot lead going into Sunday, you're like, okay, we, we got it. The Niners, if this was a major tournament, heading into like, this would be like making the turn on Saturday. So you'd be like nine holes in on Saturday with Sunday left and nine more holes that day. What would you say? They're a, they have a one-shot lead in the major? They definitely have a two-shot lead because Seattle's right, right there and they've already beat them. Mm-hmm. The second day bogey, the Seahawks will be right on them. You could say, that, yeah, exactly. They got a one-shot lead, and if they bogey, they got like fucking multiple major winners behind them. Well, it feels like they're going to need one more birdie here, right? Birdie? I, I think like they're going to need... Like playing par the rest of the way is not getting I, it done. I think they're going to need a couple birdies and like long par saves. <laughs> you know, They're going to need to get up and down like a tight pin from a like, shitty yeah. bunker lie. I'm telling you, guy, they're kind of... I don't remember a 10-1 team in recent memory that was like fighting for their playoff seeding lives more than this squad. And it just speaks to the the level of teams behind them and just like their schedule. Like, Regardless what happens on Monday night, the Ravens are just good. And that fucking stadium's tough. The place is going to be cold. They just got some mojo. I don't know, man. I, I, this is a tough game. I mean, this, this is we a game you Baltimore. should just lose. You just should lose the game. Which isn't that big of a deal in in theory if you're ten and one, but it is for the Niners. As of the recording of this podcast, high of fifty four, low of forty, rain, eighty percent chance of precipitation. Now the Ravens are on grass, or excuse me, turf, so it's not as like doesn't get muddy, which helps. But you could also say it kind of helps Lamar; he's not slipping and sliding, right? Yeah, but you do run the football, and your defense, a speedy defense, probably gets. You're both fast, but the guy that knows where he's going has an advantage, so I'd probably rather be on the turf if I'm the defense. I don't know. It's tough. Maybe not. I think you'd always if you're a fast defense, you'd always rather not play like something that neutralizes your speed. Yes, yeah, the Lamar strength, but it's your strength. So just strength on strength. Let's see who's better. You you yeah. throw you're a Raldis Chapman. A you're a Raldis Chapman and I'm Mickey Mantle. Like I hit fastballs, you throw fastballs, let's fucking go. What a matchup, man. It's it's a good one. It's played out pretty good, too. Because I would say this is not a game that we had really circled, like talking about the season in August, right? Mm-mm. This is a good game. No, I, you just, I know a, you can't put the Niners on you know primetime every game, but you could have easily justified this. Like, Would anyone complain if this was a Sunday night game? You mean instead of Patriots-Texans? Do you think the, the Texans are going to wear their Letterman jacket Sunday? What did they... They wore something the other day. They just do the Did stupidest they? shit. It's like, God damn. Is this all J.J. Watt's idea? Like, are you guys just, does he have the corniest ideas? Because that's what it feels like. I, it doesn't feel like Deshaun Watson's like, we should we should dress in all black for your funeral today. Like, that's not, doesn't seem like it's coming from him. Who right? did that? That wasn't them. That was, was them. Oh, that was them that did I'm, the all black funeral thing? I thought so. Or was it the Eagles? Oh, okay. I, I'm I pretty remember. sure they've done the dress up thing multiple times. Yeah. God. I just know they did the Letterman's jackets that got beat by 40. To to the, like, if you're going to do one of those, to me, you do it against, like, the Colts or the Titans. You don't do it against the Patriots. They wore what? To here? Seriously? Letterman jackets. So they had Letterman's jackets made? Because you don't get Letterman jacket for being in the NFL. So they had, like, some letter. That was a big business move for that guy, right? When they had to make 50 Letterman's jackets for the Texans? Uh, do the Bengals get their first win this week at home against the Jets? No. Andy Dalton is back. He is? Yep. Who said that? Somebody on Monday. I can't remember. It was so long ago. Oh, he really is starting for them again? Yeah, Andy Dalton is starting. <laughs> Ryan Finley got benched. Well, that guy's terrible. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't even have enough. No, I think the Jets win. The Jets are rolling now. Sam Darnold's throwing the ball away when he's supposed wins. to. Uh, Titans, Colts, two, six, and five teams. This is a huge game, guy. Playoff game. I so like the in, 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 I like the Titans plus two and a half. Yep, Raiders will be watching this one closely. Do you think Derrick Henry is just good? Yeah, because I do. I think he's a free agent. He's going to get some money, right? Do we see the first running back franchise in a long time? What would that cost? Like twelve million, not nothing too crazy, because the top five guys mm. don't make that much money. The only a couple guys make a lot. It actually could be like nine. Why wouldn't you just franchise him? He had twelve touchdowns last year. He's got ten touchdowns this year. How many yards did he already have this year? 
Uh, actually, he's got he's got uh, twelve total touchdowns because he's caught two. He's got he's uh, nine yards away from a thousand, so he'll surpass last year's ten hundred and fifty nine yards. Was he's that four point eight yards per carry last year? Yeah. So he's got back to back thousand year years, year. a bunch of touchdowns the last couple of years. He's played well. If he's healthy, it'll be his third year in a row that he plays all sixteen. What do you think about the Forty Nine ers signing him? Do you? I mean, depends on the cost. I just do. You need to spend money at running back if you're the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. But how cool is it to have Derrick Henry, just a six three guy that can fly? It's just so badass, man. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You just he'll be a Seahawk. Yeah, you just got this guy. This is a badass. I Seahawks. You don't think that guy would produce a lot of jerseys if, like, he was on the Cowboys or the Seahawks or the Niners? Like, I yeah. feel like people just like that guy. He, guy, when I went to Titans practice, there I remember taking a picture. It was him. They had just signed oh, Deion Lewis, this. who was Deion was like five six. He is he's the biggest running back I've ever seen. I don't even think it's close. I mean, if you if he was wearing ninety seven, you'd be like, oh, that's where's the where'd you guys get this Deion from? He'd be like, oh, Alabama, but he's actually a running back. He's fucking huge. You, the OTAs don't do a guy like him justice because you can't even. It's not a it's push not anybody. a time when guys like that thrive. Yeah. Uh, Eagles Dolphins. I mean, Eagles just got to keep winning just in case. What happens Thursday, we'll know by now. Would you say this would right. be a pretty devastating loss for Carson Wentz? <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty terrible. Yeah. Where's the game? Miami. Yeah, I'd say the Eagles should win. Which might help them, honestly. The Eagles. You and I had a couple draft takes of people just on the high end of watching West Coast football. Two guys that have been drafted relatively high that I think both of us just went what were J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Dante Pettis. It just neither of them, to me, justified their slot where they were picked. Mm-mm. I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was a second-round pick this year, I'm pretty sure. They, they took him over like D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Those two guys were second-round picks. I don't think ever once I watched either of them play in college and thought, second rounder. Like, I watched one game. Now, I've watched several of his games. But, like, Nikhil Harry. If you just were watching Nikhil Harry game and he played well, you're like, God, that guy's an NFL player. Like, you just see the one, I think you tweeted it or Instagrammed it, the throw that Daniels made. Uh, how do you say his last name? Ayuk? Yeah. Like, But you just see that guy physically. You see a big player, like, NFL player. Like, fuck, and he's fast. Oh, you're like first, second rounder, right? No one was like, Artega Whiteside, second rounder. It's Clearly, like, what? somebody did. I, <laughs> not, I was, not, not me. Not you and me. Yeah. But, but I, I don't think the league was thinking that. I I think sometimes you outthink yourself when it comes to some of these measurables and you ran fast. Just like you could outthink yourself. Like, in what planet were you like, all you guys are passing on like Juju and Devontae Adams? Have you guys really watched these guys? Have you guys really studied Devontae and Juju? Because I'm telling you, these guys can fucking play. JJ might be able to. I, you, you know JJ a little better probably than I do. I just remember on jump balls only. He's just a jump ball guy. He's great at him, right? right? He dominated right. Stanford. They they missed that this year, I would imagine? Yes. Yes, they do. Is their offense terrible this year? Is that their problem? Depends on the day. It's been good a few times. Just but, not a good uh, team. Last, last time it was really good was against Arizona. They put up some yardage against Washington State, lost. Yeah, they've been. They're, they're offensive line. They've literally every offensive lineman they have has appeared in a game. Starting three f- f- freshman offensive linemen. Are line. they a bowl they've team? They've had a ton no? of injuries. Are they like uh, five they and might seven? not be. I mean, they've got a. They, well, they play Notre Dame oh, this lost. week, and I think they're still sitting on five wins. So that's a problem. Well, did you see Northwestern, who have a, basically is going to go like two and ten this yeah, year? Yeah, because they lost a yeah. What? I mean, they're just they really. It just shows you that like Stanford, Northwestern, their margin for error if they have a bad year can look really ugly, right? Mm-hmm. In a good conference, you just have a year where you missed on some recruits. You're not going to get just unlimited Richard Sherman's and Andrew Lux at those programs. Stanford's a higher level than Northwestern, but it's just tough. What about Raiders Chiefs? Oh, uh, they're John. They're four and seven actually, so they're, so they're definitely they're missable. Gone. Yeah, first unless bowl. it comes to an APR tiebreaker. So that's the first bowl that Dave Shaw's ever not gone to, right? Right. It's bound to happen, as Pat would say. You know, you get bent down here. You gonna stick by me? Better. That'd be Pat Hill. You know, uh, Raiders You'd Chiefs. Right. Minus ten. I just 
I don't like the Raiders in this situation at all. Yeah. yeah, I don't either. I don't see how anyone could, unless the Chiefs just lay an egg. That would be the only like if the Chiefs are terrible, then yeah, maybe they win by ten. I just are the Chiefs ever terrible though out of a bye? But you know what? I do think there's this element with them. Now maybe they watch the film, the Jets game, and you're Andy's like, I'm telling you guys, we got to take this game seriously. I'm like, Coach, we just did you watch that same tape? But I think one thing you could say is, look, fellas, we're seven and four. They're six and five. Whatever you think of them, they're six and five. We lose this game, we're both seven and five. Right? Like on the most basic level, there is no excuse for the Chiefs not to take this game seriously. One hundred percent. I think they're going to play really hard. You're right. I mean, they're. It'd be one thing, right, if the Chiefs right now were eight and two and just going to probably cruise to you know home field. Yeah, or if they were just ten. Yeah, if they, even if they were ten and one and they they're just it's over. The Raiders are fighting a different battle. But they lose this game, and all of a sudden they're fighting the same battle. Yeah, you're right. They're going to be motivated. They're going to come out swinging. The Raiders' defense is atrocious. Now Hunter Renfro you know, has a lung that's bleeding out and broke shattered ribs. So, <laughs> you know, say what you want about Hunter Renfro. He, he might look like he's 7, you know, 17, uh, and just like he shouldn't be an NFL player. But he is. Like, Jarek does throw to him. He has become a security blanket. You trust him. Yeah, yeah like that's I, – I think pro football doc or whatever I saw – tweeted out that he thought like there's no way he's coming back this season like a broken ribs and the lung that's just that's what was it jason witten or was that a spleen i thought we yeah i thought he was a spleen or was that romo well i don't know i thought i thought witten was a spleen didn't romo battle through something that was crazy romo might have had a spleen too yeah romo yeah so yeah now all he battles through his vineyard vines ties who Oh, Romo. Romo. Is that his ties? The Jim, Nance, the Jim Nance collection. Does he use them? I, I, I don't know. Probably. I feel uh, like, do you, do you notice, maybe it's just where we live, we don't get that many Romo Nance games, I feel like, like once a month. There was one, what was the one a couple weeks ago where it was like, whoa, why are these guys on this game? Was it like Falcons, Saints or something? We got a game that I was like, oh, huh, sweet, they, we got them. I they, didn't, it was definitely, maybe it was, it was definitely a Raider game. morning game, yeah. Was it a Raider game? Uh, I don't think so. It was a random game, um, though, for sure. Like Colts or... Yeah. They, they, um, I just don't feel like... It. People talk about Romo a lot. I don't experience Romo that much. Browns-Steelers, John. As, as you remember, at the beginning of the week, I predicted this a Browns victory. You still feel that way so, with Duck Hodges? Yep. The Browns would be 6-6. Six and six. You know, we did not talk about earlier on the podcast, old news by now, but we didn't get to this earlier in the week. What did you think of the Browns fans who had the pinata, the Steelers pinata, and the guy gets blindfolded, holding a helmet, swinging the helmet to try and break the pinata? I, I, I audibly laughed. I thought it was funny. That was an immediate retweet for me. If you don't find that humorous, I, I don't know what to tell you. you know, yeah, I, my, my. My reaction was like, I would not, these people, this dude's deaf, like people are, alcohol is involved. I would not stand at the front of that circle. No. Well, it was kind of, like, this I guy saw probably the guy doesn't have moving a, the pinata. They were kind of moving walking. the pinata. And there's no way the guy swinging the helmet has like a long history of swinging helmets that it might not, you trust that, oh, I've seen him swing a million helmets. He never loses. It never goes flying out you of You know, his one hands. thing I just thought of that you, I mean, just bring it up the tailgate. One built-in advantage just football has is tailgating is a huge part of the culture, and they get shit that goes viral every week from college and pro. You don't yeah. tailgate for the other sports. It's just, again, it's just unique advantages that are built in that you can't even make up. Like you said, that, that is hilarious, but you would never see that anywhere else in any other sport. And ju- Just like college football players, college drinkers prepare themselves for the NFL. Yeah, in Actually, the college is usually... A lot of places is better. Obviously, there's some places where the NFL tailgate is great. Well, guy, you but, did. You were part of a start of a tailgate crew in Fresno. You guys did ESPN Radio, big thing up there, and you just did. It was 10 year anniversary? No, it was the 100th game day live. Okay, 100th game day live. But in these communities, and Fresno isn't even. They a had pow- a live band out Fresno there. Fresno isn't even a Power Five team, but of the West Coast teams. I would imagine Oregon's got a legit tailgate scene. 
Washington, Washington State, pretty solid. You've been to those. Yeah, Utah is really Washington State's fantastic because they all there's RV part. They just yeah. all bring the RV. Utah, if this counts, West Coast is incredible. It's yeah, really count. good. They're in a conference. We'll see them on ABC on Saturday. 18th time they've been on ABC. And then wouldn't you say the other conferences, you'd say like the SEC tailgating is like part of culture. <laughs> I mean, just, right. And I would say in the Big Ten, it feels pretty fucking big too. Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. It's a huge yeah. deal. That it's just it's part of the fabric of the sport. It makes the sport fun because it gets women involved, right? Because it's a party. So he brings in both genders and it's a game changer. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I can, can you ever get enough of Bills, like, jumping into something that's just on fire? Like, what are you guys doing? I, w- <laughs> I remember, do you remember a few weeks ago there was a guy who did a leap and knocked himself unconscious? It was, like, one of the ones that went really viral. And uh, a buddy of mine texted me, he's like, I know, I've got a friend who knows the guy and, like, sent me the list of injuries. And it was a significant list of it. Like, he's several surgeries. He's badly injured. But it didn't stop anybody the next week from trying it again. You're saying he's badly injured since the miscue? No, the miscue, he, it was like, you know, spleen, rib, on, neck. On, was, on the Facial fracture. Yes, all on the jump. Devastating injury. Knocked himself. You remember it was like he goes unconscious and like a couple people, there's like a whole crowd of like some people like slowly coming up to him like, is this guy alive? So if he was a player, um, he'd be out for the year. Yeah, yeah, he would. He'd, we'd, we'd know the name of the doctor performing the surgery. Gotcha. Uh, Patriots-Texans, we talked about that Sunday night. Chargers-Broncos. I mean, I guess Cardinals-Rams is interesting depending on what happened Monday with the Rams and the Ravens. Uh, if the Rams won that game, then, you know. Uh, More power to them? Then it's, yeah, well, it's an, if they're 7-4, and four, then they got to beat the Cards. And, the car, you know, the question is, are the Cards going to be what you said, like a team that just fucks people shit up? Uh, and then Monday night, Vikings-Seahawks. Uh, that'll be fun, but we'll have a... I think we'll have a podcast before then, right? Game plan, yes. Probably, yeah. Um, all right, college football. Harbaugh. Do you have faith? No, I do not. You know what's funny about him? I was saying this to somebody earlier in the week, is that um, like his teams at Stanford were buttoned down. His teams at San Francisco were buttoned down. I do not feel like his Michigan teams are buttoned down. Now, they have been playing better. They have. But I just don't feel like when I watch him, I'm watching just like this smooth, well-oiled operation. Do you? No. Not at all. Because that's what you need to be in addition to be really talented to beat Ohio State. I just don't think they're good enough, one. And two, he hasn't, like, he feels just like a kind of a version. Like, I watch Penn State, Ohio State, and they're just not good enough to beat Ohio State. I thought that once he got to Michigan – he would have so much talent that I could watch him on a given game and feel like LSU or Clemson or even Ohio State. And in five years, I understand the first couple of years it takes time to get guys there. But remember, there were things go viral. Like he'd be at De La Salle recruiting the five-star guy. He'd be at all these places recruiting all the top guys. He landed the dude that's on the Packers that no one talks about, uh, Sean Gary. Like he was landing all these five-star guys. I thought we'd watch his team and they'd feel like a Bama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, where it's just NFL guys everywhere. Now, they have a lot of NFL guys, but when I watch them, like you said, the button-up aspect, and they're just not a really total ass-kickers. And when I think Harbaugh, pre-Michigan, I just think ass-kickers. And I watch him now, I go, ugh, something to be desired. And he's been there long enough now to, like, all of his, like, he, he has graduating classes of his first recruiting class. So, all these players are his. Every single player now is his. Like how, how has he not gotten better players? Or is it just simply he's tied himself to a couple random quarterbacks? Well, that's kind of on him, too. Like, I watch, yeah. I watch fucking Ryan Day. He goes from Dwayne Haskins to, boom, goes gets Justin Fields. I watch Lincoln Riley, who goes, boom, from Baker to Kyler, to then he gets transferred Jalen Hurts from Bama, to they got the redheaded kid from Arizona. I forget his name, but he, you see him on the sidelines sometimes. He's a huge Spencer recruit. Rattler? Yeah. So they're just boom. They're, where's Harbaugh getting Spencer Rattler? Why wasn't Harbaugh in the Jalen Hurts mix? Now, I'm not – that's not fair because I wouldn't have touched Jalen Hurts. It's more of a – that's more of a 
compliment to Lincoln's dominance. Like, Lincoln, are you sure you want Jalen Hurts? Hell yeah, I want him. We'll go 12-1. and one. Like, damn, you will. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so, I, I just, I don't know. I, it's, it hasn't been as bad, I think, sometimes as social media makes it, you know, kind of sound. And we've talked touched on this many times on the podcast. But it definitely hasn't been as good as we all thought, right? I, I didn't even think national championship, but I did think he'd make the playoffs a couple times. I thought he would have a team that you went, this team could win the national championship, and he hasn't had one of those teams, which is crazy, guy. Because they've... Yeah, no doubt. It is. But I also think, you know, when you look at his his history right now, he's going to have four out of five years where he's going to win ten games. And I know the standard is national championships and beat Ohio State. And you get fired for not beating Ohio State. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh gets fired for not beating Ohio State when he's winning 10 games every year or 11 games. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was, it is totally legit to say he's got to, they got to find a way to beat Ohio State and be better. But that's really the only thing they got to do. Well, because now, that's a big thing. Well, but I'm just saying, like, he's got to beat Ohio good, State. He's, he's got to make the playoffs, guy. He has to make the playoffs to, for it to be a success. Make the playoffs. You don't, yeah, you don't agree? He's got, he's, well, I do, but I just – this gets so black and white. It's like, okay, so we're going to fire him if he's winning 10 games. No, I'm not saying fire the guy. The I'm just saying it's, that's my point. it's a failure. That's what I'm saying. Well, but that's where I don't think it's quite that – this program was in such a bad place. If he's winning 10 games every year – now, what he hasn't done is beaten Ohio State, so it's hard to – but if he's beaten Ohio State every other year – Didn't you attend that means the low he's gonna, point? pre-Harbaugh, the year when Utah kicked their ass and you were at the game? Yeah, yeah. Brady Hoke, they went 5-7. and seven. Have you ever, the, the, the embarrassment level, didn't you see Jack so Harbaugh high. at the game? I did, I did talk to Jack Harbaugh. What was that the following uh, year? That was, that was, I talked to Jack Harbaugh when they played Oregon State, which was Harbaugh, was that Harbaugh's first year yeah. But you, you 15, did, or was that even sixteen? You you had seen them like back to back. The year Harbaugh, I'd was seen there. them twice. I've been there. I've been to the big house twice. Yeah. What was the vibe like last year, Brady Hoke? Just suicidal. What's that? Wasn't the vibe last year, well, Brady Hoke? Just couldn't have been any worse. Well, I think I've told you they uh, they uh, I got in the elevator. There was a lightning delay, like four hours. I remember that, and everyone was clearing out of the stadium. And I get in the elevator, and there's this woman, old woman in a wheelchair, white hair, blanket on her. And she is upset. And at first, I think she's like, it's raining, or there's an issue, you know, whatever. And then she just says, what has happened to my Wolverines? <laughs> I was like, this is too perfect. This is this is Midwestern. Fo- this is where it matters. Uh, so that, that was the low point, but. And Winningham kicked their ass. This was five years ago, before Utah really kind of took that next step, right? They were good, but they were they were still viewed as like the new team, the Pac-12, kind of mid-majory. And then remember, he came out and beat Harbaugh again the next year in Harbaugh's the opener. opening game. Yeah, but Utah was Jake clear, clearly a better program at the time than Michigan, right? And I'm glad you said this because Utah's going to play 4:30 on Saturday. Remember Colin Coward? He just got hired by Fox, and he had changed his hair, and he was on the opening broadcast. I do remember that. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Um, but you know, I, I get why people say they defer to Alabama because of Alabama's history, or they defer to Clemson because Clemson won the national title last year. And I would just say this: when it comes to Utah, the one thing we like, what do you think Utah football is under Kyle Woodingham? Well, they're tough, and they churn out NFL players on both sides of the football. They're physical. They're consistent. It's like if we if we are willing to just kind of consider um, kind of your lineage when it comes to college football playoff, you'd say Utah's lineage is pretty consistently impressive. So, yeah. In other words, yeah, they're blowing out Arizona, but isn't this just historically who they are? They're just tougher than everybody. I, Every I, chance they've had to play. I, I just think part of it is you got you got Jim Harbaugh as your coach. He's making seven yeah. eight million dollars. And I think you're asking, is he is he good enough to win a national championship? Because I, I do think right. Alabama, you know, answers that question. I think Ohio State is going to have a chance with Ryan Day to find out immediately. Ogeron has taken them to the playoffs, you know, by year three. LSU wasn't making the playoffs under Les Miles. Who did you notice Kansas was like playing? Who were they just playing? Somebody, and it was close, like Oklahoma State. Like clearly, Les Miles is a pretty solid coach. You know, then you got. 
happens to be a Michigan man. You got Dabo, championship coach. You got, you know, you just kind of go some of the big programs. And I, you know, that's like what Texas is. Now, I think Harbaugh is better than Herman, but you just get in this position where is this guy ever going to get us over the top at a program that just does aspire to win big? Who has had other coaches in other sports? Like Beeline. Yeah. It was clear Beeline's is- one of the best coaches in the country. Their baseball coach, boom, they go to the fucking College World Series. Then I just think you go, come on, Jim, if, if, if you coach here eight years, can you make the playoffs one time? Because you would say, next year is going to be year six. They're not going to make it this year. Is he a lock in the next three years to make a playoffs? No. No. That would be, you'd agree, though, that's pretty underwhelming and disappointing, given this, given the hype when they hired him. Because it felt like they got like one of the best coaches in the country when they hired him. All right, before we get on to uh, George Kittle, John, let's tell the people. This podcast is brought to you by Ease. Hope everybody had a great Green Wednesday with Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. We love a good Green Wednesday. We love a good uh, Turkey Friday. We love a good Freaky Friday. Uh, Turkey Thursday, Freaky Friday. And it's all brought to you, Ease.com, promo code HAM. Promos all week. Tell your friends, promo code HAM. Pre-rolls, vapes, gummies. Sleep age, you name it, they got it. Ease.com guy, promo code ham. Ease.com, promo code ham. Get ready for the, I mean, now that Thanksgiving's over, John, it's, we're talking about Hanukkah, Christmas, all that, whatever holiday you celebrate. I saw that uh, someone, I think, tweeted me or DM'd me that they're going to Disneyland this week and they just got their shipment of Ease. Oh. So, you know, get ready. Ease.com, promo code ham. And since we're in the gift buying season, seat geek. This is now this is a gift right here. You buy somebody tickets and you get ten bucks off when you use the promo code ham at SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. Really easy. Really easy. Download the SeatGeek app, promo code ham. Uh I use it, you use it, all of our friends use it. SeatGeek, uh, concerts, games, you name it, they got it. The green dot it's so interactive because you click on the stadium or the venue and you can figure out exactly where you want to sit, the views. It's so easy to use. SeatGeek, download the app, promo code HAM. Yep, every purchase fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. That's how you you feel good about the fact you're getting this holiday gift for somebody. If you're going gift route or get it for yourself, I mean, you get one for yourself when you give them the tickets. Like, here's two tickets, I'm coming. Uh, you get 10 bucks off that SeatGeek purchase, promo code HAM, Download the app, code HAM, 10 bucks off your first purchase. Promo code HAM, promo code HAM. All right. Uh, George Kittle, John. We talked to George Kittle in June. June 6th, Ooh. I believe. George Kittle was a uh, guest on this podcast. We sat down with him at Levi Stadium, and we're going to play that interview coming up um, here in a second. Hey, George. Hey, George. All right, George. A lot to talk about with you, but let's start with what we just learned about you, which is that you are, I've never heard anybody describe themselves as a placebo effect guy. Yeah. Uh, well, when it comes to maintaining like body maintenance and stuff like that, um, either it's off season or in season, uh, I think that if you think it works, it's going to work for you. And if you don't think it works, it's not going to work for you. That's just how I feel it is. Like, you know, I don't ice tub, but I cup, I dry needle, I like massages. Then I kind of just keep it into there. It feels like everyone in the NFL ice tubs, especially during training camp. I don't know. Like when uh, I was here with Vance McDonald my fr- my rookie year, he's I don't I never saw him once touch an ice tub, and he's just a train that just keeps rolling. So yeah. I, I he can fly. So he can fly. And so uh, I did it a lot in college, but um, you get sore. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I get really sore. But I'm more of a like Normatec boots, uh, and keep your feet up that type of stuff. I never was really an ice tub guy. Do you get recognized a lot more this offseason than last year? Um, I mean, NFL's record for receiving yards by a tight end. You know, I still get – me and CJ still get confused. I get confused for CJ still. Still, You do look like him a little bit. No, he looks like me. <laughs> Come on now. No, I still – that happens to me often still. But uh, a little bit more. But honestly, I, I'm not really out in public a lot. I go from here – I'm here to like five or six every night, and then I go home and I hang out with my wife. So that's about all I do. I'm not really out in public. I mean, last year, I think for a lot of people, there was hype on you coming into the season, and then clearly, once Jimmy went down, it would have been somewhat of an excuse, but you just went on and just kept on going on and kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Uh, You know, you were telling us before, like, if you believe it, it will happen or whatever. Did you see that coming? Um, you know, like I'm, I'm really not a guy that I'm not, I don't really set. I'm not even talking about records. the records. Yeah, or no, the numbers, but just the, just the play at the, at the pro bowl level. 
Uh, I mean, Coach Shanahan gives, you know, gave me a lot of opportunities to be able to do stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of it is uh, my tight ends coach, John Embry. Like, he's more of a, you know, if you figure out your way to do it, I'm not going to – I'm not going to make you do it my way. So if you figure out your way to do it and it works for you, I just want you to play football and play it fast. I don't want you to think about a lot of things. So that was really nice for me. And, I mean, honestly, a lot of it was just, you know, second year in the offense because it's a dense playbook. And that's one of the hardest things, I think, is just being able to hear the play in the huddle, go to the line, and instead of just saying, okay, I'm in this spot for this formation, I have this route, you can say, I'm here, I got this route, but also I need an outside release. I need to – you know, I need to take a short step on this guy. Like, you can just process what's going on. You're not just thinking about the play. So, that just slowed things down for me and let me play at a fast level. Has it even gone to another level this year? Because I see you out there flying around. It feels yeah, it like feels really good. Mastery of the offense, would you say? Uh, I feel a lot better. I mean, I've, I've all, I gained like eight pounds of muscle too, so a little bit thicker and uh, still got speed. What about the relationship on the field with Jimmy? Obviously, with the time he missed, but now that he's back, how would you assess that? Uh, definitely, um, definitely getting better. As every every practice, that's what's nice. Um, and he, he, I mean, he he's making plays left and right. I mean, that's just who he is. And so it's really fun to have him back. Um, but yeah, being able to just get back on the same page with him is it's really fun. It seems like out there, I know Debo didn't practice today, but he's looked good in the couple practices mm-hmm. I've been at. Pettis looks good flying around. Yes. Tel- Telvin Coleman is you know going to be a big addition. Big your offense because last year felt like you were the offense because you guys had so many injuries, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Does it feel a little more balanced? Like you now, like we can really do some things. Yeah, there's a lot of weapons on the field, and I mean, like like I said, second year is a lot different than your first year. Dante has a full understanding of the playbook. He's been in it a year. This is his third install. He's gone through from like rookie minicamp to um, post. I mean, sorry, to regular season, and now another OTAs yeah. he's going through. So now it's just coming on easy, and so now he's just playing ball, and so that, that's really fun to see, and that's. I mean, Tevin's he's been in the offense before. Uh, yeah, it just he it's, looks he looks pretty sweet out there. Yeah, he's he's smooth. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's fun to it's fun to have a lot of guys out there that Jimmy doesn't really have to make a choice pre snap. He's just like I'm making my reads and everyone can get open. It's awesome. What do you think looking back uh, in the draft, people missed? I mean, we we looked this year. Noah Fant went eight. TJ went eight. Fant went twenty. Fant went twenty yes. to Denver. Um, mm-hmm. Like, do you think if one of those guys had come out three years ago, you would have gone eight or twenty in this year's draft? I don't know. I mean, um, I was hurt basically my entire senior year, so I get that, and I didn't really have a lot of numbers. I'm pretty sure. Hey, Tritt had more catches in one game than I did my entire senior season. So, or it's like I had one more than he did. So, like, I mean, I wasn't really a productive guy in college, but um, you know, gave me a little chip on my shoulder. But you know, I'm just happy for the opportunity to be in the NFL. It did feel like though the year play. Obviously, they were really talented, but definitely helped. Yeah, they both owe me a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm serious. A million I mean, each. Each. I've told them, I told them both my Venmo, too, so I'm just waiting on that. <laughs> There's a daily limit, I think. It might be several installments. They should, they should start now, then. I'm waiting on it. You know what's crazy? Seeing Richard out there forever, it was Richard. Like, that's the guy they got in the fifth round, and he became, you know, a borderline Hall of Famer. I'm going to mm-hmm. probably be a Hall of Famer one day. Yeah. Now it's like the entire league. I mean, I talked to my buddies are scouting all over. You are the guy. That, I don't know, fifth round George Kittle. Like, you're the new guy right now. Does that is that cool, or does that kind of piss you off? Like, fuck this. I should have gone the first. Oh, no, I mean. Uh, obviously, because your production, but even just the fifth round, I mean, for a guy, how well you worked out, the program you were coming from. I mean, um, yeah, first round would have been nice. It's a little bit better signing bonus. But uh, what did you think going into the draft, like round wise? Did you? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think my agent told me earlier is probably the fourth, and latest would be undrafted. So give or take, you kind of expected where you went. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, it was. I will say this: the um, the NFL draft is brutal yeah. for guys that don't know like what round they're going. Because I mean, even like I've guys that were on my team, like their agents, like, hey, you're anywhere from. You know, like fifth, sixth, seventh, easy, and they went undrafted. So like those last yeah. that last, that last day is long and it's brutal. Um, because you know it's just like you know your dreams to go to the NFL and you're not hearing your name called and like you compare yourself to the guys that are you know in your position getting drafted before you. It's it's hard, but um, you know it really matters. Draft position doesn't really matter. It's but what you do on the field. What's crazy is you and your teammate Desmond King. Also, I mean Desmond didn't go very high, and he was, yeah. and he's gone yeah. on to be one of the better slot corners in the NFL. I, every, he makes plays every time I watch Chargers play. Yeah, first team All-Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not, not bad. Yeah. Yeah, you see him round. at the Pro Bowl and high-five him? Yeah, he actually didn't go to that. He didn't go to that, which is, I think is BS. But um, he, didn't get, he didn't make the Pro Bowl? But he was first team All-Pro. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Crazy. I mean, you'd much rather That's be an All-Pro. Yeah. Were you first team All-Pro last year? Second. Who was first, Gronk? Kelsey. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, Gronk had it down regular season. Yeah, he just had a normal season. Yeah. <laughs> you ever you, talked to Welker about him? Uh, no, not really. Um, really, all I, I talked to Welker about is routes because we, we do a lot of similar stuff that uh, he has done before. So hearing his take on it is pretty incredible. Just learning from him. In what ways? Like, what what did he do? Just like, you know, like, hey, what, like when you're running this route against this coverage, let's just say you're running a choice against, man, they're stacked in coverage. Like, what are you looking for? And then he'll say, well, I'm looking at this guy, how he moves. It's based on the release of the wide receiver releasing for you. Um, just like seeing it through his eyes is very helpful. Feels like you've got some pretty smart offensive coaches out there. Very. There's a lot of guys out there that know a lot about football. Just like stupid amount of knowledge. It's, between it's Kyle crazy. And- yeah, like, it's crazy. How would you describe Kyle's like uh, offensive mind? Oh, geez. Um, like I said, dense playbook. Um, I'm pretty sure like Mike McDaniel's and uh, Mike Lafleur, they're like translators for Coach Shanahan because he'll get up there and talk, and then they will talk to us afterwards and explain what he was saying. Um, he does a great job, though. Like Kyle, I mean, everything. I mean, week in and week out, the game plan is so different. You're basically learning a new offense every week, which is just. Uh, it's challenging, but at the same time, it's really fun because you don't really ever get um, – I mean, nothing's ever stagnant. It's always – everything's new, everything's fresh, and it's uh, it's really fun, especially like when you see – I mean, for example, the um, – my – was it 82 yards against the Chargers? On, we were installing it on Wednesday of the Chargers week, and he goes, hey, Kittle, um, if you just, you know, break out and then turn up field, if you give eyes – and CJ looks this way, the safety's going to go that way, the back is going to drop you, and you'll have an 80-yard touchdown as long as you don't trip and fall. And it works exactly like that. Exactly like he said it. And he's, cool. the same thing for the Broncos game, the 85-yarder. He said, George, just don't trip and fall. You're on the way to the end zone. Uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. The Falcon said that he used to just kind of say things, and you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, literally. And then in the game, like third quarter, he'd made the play call, and they do was exactly where he said he does that happen every game for you? It really does. And it, what's so disappointing is when, like, when it doesn't happen, whether it's like someone has an MA or like something ha- like one guy loses and it could have happened. Because every time he says it's going to happen, I'm pretty sure he's been wrong once. Like yeah. in the entire it's, – it's crazy. When he calls a play, it almost always works. It's insane. That's wild. How, how does he have that? What, what is it about him? All right, he just does a really good job of like um, – I'm trying to think. I think what he said for the Broncos one, he was like, hey, when we run, it's a play action. It's like a fake insert play. Then I'm going to go across the field, play action. He's like, hey, this backer – um, gets lost in the play action. So just don't let him get hands on you. And because of Marquise is running like a delta, which is like a um, like a jet sweep yeah. in the backfield, they're going to get lost and come up field. Literally, and he's like, just George, slow play it and don't trip. Slow play it a little bit. Guy had bad eyes. I went right behind him. Safety goes the opposite direction following Keese. And I'm wide open. How, mu- how much every week are you guys just slightly tweaking something here and there because they're defense? Like, you have an offense, but like you said, take a step here, take a step there, yeah, I, like slight I, difference. I mean, I'm, I, when I say the offense is totally different every week, yeah. it's almost no play is the exact same, whether it's formations, um, whether it's uh, routes, concepts, everything's different. So, like, when you hear, like, for example, because they're winning – McVeigh gets all this hype, like yeah. he's the offensive genius. Mm-hmm. But I hear you guys talk, and the way people talk about Kyle, like I would imagine you run through a wall saying, "This is the smartest SOB I've ever been around." Hundred percent. Yeah, like there, there can't be a, there might be equally smart, but you can't be smarter than him when it comes to offense. Is no. that fair? Yeah. No, I mean, I, there's nothing more I like than being in Kyle's offense. It's incredible. Have you ever seen him laugh really hard? Um. Oh, geez. Uh. Yeah. I, I mean, when when we win. He's uh, the happiest guy I've seen, and uh, it's it's really fun. Could you get him on the beer chugging challenge? You think, or see? Oh, he would go all in. Do you think he if, could... if you if you could get him to go against Jimmy G, he'd be all in. <laughs> Who would win? Would you take? I mean, if it's tequila, Jimmy G. <laughs> wow, you're the second person to say that. <laughs> tequila is he like the Clooney one? Forty two. Is that good? Yeah, that or Casamigos. Nineteen forty two. Don oh, Julio. Oh yeah. Casamigos is it's that Clooney's. Is that Clooney, right? Yeah. Clooney's is pretty good. Jimmy, Clooney Jimmy wears probably. a Casamigos hat. <laughs> Clooney's, I could see those two rolling around. I bet him and Clooney could be buddies. Oh yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. You, you're a married man, but yes. there was a famous saying around here. It might have been Randy Cross, might have been someone else. When they said that when they went out with Joe Montana, it was definitely an offensive lineman. You just got better looking. Like you just walk in with Joe, you get you get Joe like attention. Is it like that with Jimmy? Um, can I plead the fifth on that? One? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. For other people, do you think it's like that with Jimmy? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, J- hey, Jimmy G is Jimmy G. Jimmy GQ, no, all that stuff. He and he handles himself really well. So, but yeah, um, when you go somewhere, Jimmy, it's 
I mean, yeah, people notice him. Yeah. I mean, all, his face is on the stadium. <laughs> Come on. I mean, in all seriousness, just watching him, like, just out there, obviously we've seen him play. Like, I mean, how good? I mean, is the sky the limit for him? Literally, yeah. You, I, I wish people could see all the throws that he makes in practice. Like, he had one, I don't know, it was like a pressure situation. Like, he kind of missed, like, the first read didn't work out, kind of rolls to his left, throws a sidearm side arm ball in between three guys and hits a wide receiver directly in the chest. I feel like his arm's almost a little underrated. Very, very yeah. underrated. He's, yeah, he's, he's got some power. All right, we want to uh, speed around with you, just fire some questions at you. Okay, hit me up. Okay, uh, I watched your 10 best plays from last year, and I thought you could have – there was a bunch of them that were big that weren't – didn't end up being touchdowns, but maybe almost were touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite play from 2018? My personal favorite yep. play? Oh, my. Uh, like, my, for myself? Your, your play, yeah. Like, was it the Raiders Thursday night game where you, like, split three guys? Was it the long touchdown? Something we're not talking about. It wasn't the Raiders game because that's when I broke my ribs, so that wasn't fun for me. Um, I, I, the Broncos game just overall was just – it was like nothing I could do went wrong. It was like, I don't know. It, that was just – I've had so much fun. But, yeah, when you uh, run for 60 yards in open field, there's not much more fun than that. That was incredible. Who would you rather go to Vegas with, Kyle Shanahan or Kirk Ferentz? Casino Kirk would be pretty fun. Whoa, not lie. is Kirk a sleeper? Not Sleeper. <laughs> I bet you, you know I've he'd be enjoyable. Uh, I think so. He gets a bad rap for being a little bit of a stiff. He's got a oh, little fun in him. He is hilarious. I when he's in a team meeting room, KF is one of the funniest guys <laughs> I've ever. Casino Kirk, Casino Kirk, and because he's also like if you like he has an accent too, yeah. and it's oh yeah, I'd go to Vegas with Kirk. I wouldn't heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, you were born 10 pounds, 10 ounces. Yes, I was. It's almost 11 pounds. That's more weight than you gained in this offseason of muscle. <laughs> Are you concerned at all for you know, your future child, potentially, uh, what that could mean? Well, my wife is 5'11". She played basketball at Iowa. And I'm 6'3 and 7 eighths, according to the combine. Um, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some big kids. Round up. <laughs> yeah, and, you know... You know uh, I'm looking. I'm actually really looking forward to that. She says like two to three years, and I was like, "Hey, if I make it twelve months, I'll be happy." What's the best part of being an NFL player? The best part of being an NFL player, I get paid to play football, which is like my favorite thing. So that's the best part. I uh, I wake up every day. I play football in California. The sun's shining ninety five percent of the year, and I, I get to catch passes, and I get paid for it. Direct deposits hit on Monday or Tuesday. I want to say Tuesday night or Wednesday. Okay, we've talked about this before, John and I. We wonder this. I don't remember. We were talking about it the other day, like about one of the Warriors owners. But how often do you check your like every day? Do you check the phone, the bank account? No. How often do NFL players you think check the bank account just to make sure it's all still there? Uh, in season or out of season? Because out of season is kind of stressful because you don't really get a paycheck. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, no, but it's it's. It, yeah, it's like, got to be weird because I mean, the money's flowing and then it just stops. Stops. I will say, like, when the player performance check comes in March, that's always exciting. Is that the bonus for working out? That, well, no, it's the bonus for how many plays you played. It's uh, like a fifth-round player. I played over 1,000 snaps. It's it's a nice bonus. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you're undrafted free agent, you get a, those guys. Like, I'm pretty sure who was it? it was the Patriots had a starting center who was undrafted and played every snap of, like, one of the years they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he probably made five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So that's a huge bonus to being a lay round pick if you do make it for a couple of years. You make decent little side cash. Yeah, like Trent Brown was a seventh round pick and he played every snap for like three and a half years. Yeah, that, that's a bonus. Who's the toughest player you ever had to block? Uh, I mean, Cleo Max, Cleo Mack, and Von Miller's Von Miller. Um, hmm. But I was like the one game I wanted back was Cleo Mack got me in a couple pass rushes, but. I think one of the most underrated or, like, not talked about guys is Chandler Jones. Yeah. I think he's incredible. Yeah, he's a beast. He is incredibly strong. He's fast. He's got some really, really good, like, smooth vet moves. He, he does... was so good in the game here last year. Oh, yeah. He had, like, three first turners. Like, no, but he's – he he just makes plays because he has those long arms. And, like I said, he's got some veteran things where, like, if he knows he's getting blocked, he'll anchor down and he'll push the tight end back into the running back so he can't slip underneath it. He does some things that not a lot of people do. So how, I like him. How good can the San Francisco 49ers be this year? Hey, I think we can be as good as we want to be. Um, you know, as long as we have the right mindset going into every single game that we expect to win. And, you know, we got we to gotta finish because I think that was our thing last year. We were, I think we lost, what was it, like seven or eight games in the fourth quarter that we lost by like less than seven points. So, I mean, if we finish half of those, we win eight games next, last year. So, we just can finish. I think we can, we, we can make a run. What do you think it takes for me to get unblocked on Twitter? Unblocked on Twitter? I honestly don't really know what I did. Um, I do you know what he did? No, did you? 
I, I blocked a lot of people after I dropped that pass against Minnesota. I'll tell you that. See, I don't Doesn't think seem I, like your style. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, last, uh, there was a lot of hype on you coming into the season. I, I, I feel like I didn't get blocked till midseason, and I was just telling everyone to pump the brakes. But then you exceeded Bad bet. No, yeah. so it either goes. But I wasn't being, no, I was never negative on I it. I can unblock you. It's fine. No, but either it's either a zero tolerance thing or it's uh, like my someone was talking crap on CJ on Twitter. He's gone. Yeah. I defend my teammates. I, I, I mean, I, I, that might have been Could have been it. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's your yeah. guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Everyone here's my boy. But yeah, see, CJ. That's that, where it was. That's probably. a soft spot okay. for me. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah, it's all right. I no. probably deserve to say I'll give that. you a second. I'll, I'll give you a second <laughs> chance. George, we appreciate it, man. Thanks, of man. course. Thanks no, thanks, time. guys. Good luck. Keep crushing. Yeah, of course. All right. That was George Kittle with us uh, a few months ago. That's it for the pod today. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.